welcome to Those Catholic Shrinks, the podcast about mind, body, and spirit. I'm Lisa. And I'm Regina. We're two Catholic therapists following the call of Jesus in our vocations and in our profession. So put the kettle on, grab your favorite tea, and let's get started. Hello, everyone. We are back. We're so excited to be with you guys. This is Lisa and... Regina. And we actually have a third guest with us today. We have Ginny, who's my third baby. She is two months old. She's just kind of hanging out, so you might hear some squeaks in the background. That's her. <laughs> yes, Lisa is back from maternity leave. She's ready to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Rocking and rolling. I love it. All right, so I'm excited because today we're going to talk a little bit about hypochondria, which I was polling some people beforehand, and I found out that not everybody knows what hypochondria is, which I thought was so interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like we take for granted sometimes some terms that we use a lot, and then we feel like it's very normal, and then we realize, oh, this is not normal everyday conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so in case you don't know what hypochondria is or hypo- a hypochondriac, I'm putting air quotes around that, it's somebody who's super scared that they're sick all the time is usually mm. the, like, common understanding of it. So interestingly enough, and this is probably just more for people who are therapists, but um, it's now no longer hypochondria. It is now illness anxiety disorder, but yes, everybody it knows has, it is hypochondria. It has a different name. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But we thought it'd be really interesting to talk about that today because I know at least for me, when I'm talking to clients nowadays, I'm hearing a lot of worries that am I a hypochondriac, especially surrounding COVID and just being scared of getting the illness and then wondering, like, is there something wrong with me because I'm so anxious about this? Mm -hmm. So we thought it might be good to do a podcast on the difference between being scared of being sick in the time of COVID and do I have hypochondria? Ooh, yes. Yes. Because I'm sure everyone is a little probably having a little bit of illness anxiety disorder moments right now. (laughs) Yes. Because it's a very unknown, unexperienced time. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. So I thought what might be good, especially because apparently not everybody knows what hypochondria is, mm-hmm. and I needed to refresh myself on some of this stuff in mm-hmm. that, that diagnosis too, just to go over some points because I thought it was so interesting looking at it. I'm like, oh yeah, this is like most people nowadays. Right. So like some of the common features, like the number one common feature is a preoccupation with the idea that you are sick or that you're going to get sick. And it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Pretty much everybody has a preoccupation with getting sick or being sick. Definitely, I think the getting sick is the bigger one right now. Yeah. The second part is like you only have mild symptoms. So I see this a lot too. So it'll be like, oh, like I'm a little short of breath going up the stairs. Does that mean that I might have COVID because I'm short of breath? Or like I coughed or I sneezed or I'm feeling a little warmer than I normally. So it's a mild symptom, but immediately the jump is into fear of having the illness. So it's like, yep. I'm seeing a lot of that with people. And then another one is that being hypervigilant about your health. I mean, everybody's washing their hands. If you're getting groceries delivered, like cleaning the bags when they arrive, Um, everybody's wearing masks and that's now mandated. Like, again, it's that like kind of hypervigilance to your health and getting sick or being sick. Another one is monitoring yourself on a regular basis. But again, I'm seeing people who take their temperature every day or who are paying more attention to their breath and trying to see, like, do I have a cough? Do I not? Is it allergies? It's pollen season. Right. And so monitoring that. Or if someone else coughs and, you know, what's your first thought? Oh, my gosh, do they have COVID? (laughs) (laughs) Get away from me. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Stand back. Like, if if you're frequenting mass right now, it's like somebody sneezes in the back. It's like, why'd you come to mass today? Right, exactly. (laughs) 
avoiding medical care or evaluation because you're scared that you might find out that you have it. And this mm. one I see a lot of. Like, people are like, I'm scared to go. Oh, there she is. Hi, Jenny. Um, I'm scared to go and get tested because what if I do have it? And there's right. lots of different things that come with that now, too. Right. Worrying about missing time off of work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, everyone has to make money so that they can survive and <laughs> provide for their families, pay their bills. And so there's a lot at play there, you know, balancing out sick time. And mm -hmm. um, there's just a lot to juggle and think about. Yeah. And then the last feature is that it lasts over six months. <laughs> And like collectively, we've all been worried about this for about six months. Now. Wow. And I, I mean, I'm we're re we guys, we are reading directly from it's called the diagnostic criteria. So it's like the list of things that you need to qualify for that disorder. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's so interesting that when you read through illness, anxiety or the hypochondria diagnostic criteria, this is what pretty much everybody, right? Everybody is experiencing, right? And then I get people asking me, "Do I have hypochondria?" Well, it's like, well, if you look at the paper, it's kind of <laughs> looking. No, I'm just kidding. Looking like <laughs> everyone in the world, no. And this is the important point that I then switch to with people, um, right. and I think this is like so so key and pivotal in this is that an abnormal response. So, right, all of these things we're talking about, this preoccupation, an abnormal response to an abnormal situation is normal. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's so key. Yes, all of this stuff that we're talking about, this preoccupation with being scared of being sick, is abnormal outside of the time of COVID. Right. If we weren't in the middle of a pandemic, an mm -hmm. abnormal situation, this would be abnormal. Right. But because our situation is abnormal, our response that we wouldn't normally have mm -hmm. is normal. Right. It's sort of created a response in us where mm -hmm. we, in a sense, and we're in survival mode in a way to yes. feel like so it kind of forces us to be hyper vigilant about some of these things and paying close attention because there's still a lot of unrest and questions and we don't know what's happening. You know, mm -hmm. how much longer until a vaccine is created? You know, all these mm -hmm. questions. And so in the meantime, we're sort of left to survive and yeah. make our way through and try to keep ourselves and our family members safe. And so we are forced into a situation where we have to sort of be paying attention to these things, yeah. which like you said, is it really abnormal considering the circumstances? Yeah. Of course not. Yeah. And so people will tell me like, Lisa, I'm not normally an anxious person. And all of a sudden I'm like really anxious about this. Mm -hmm. That doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. That means there's something wrong with this situation surrounding you. Right. And it's a very different thing. Right. You're responding to the stressor of the mm -hmm. pandemic. Yes, exactly. That's exactly it. And I think that's such, again, it's such an important point because if Maybe you have a friend who's quarantining a lot and you're like, do they have hypo they have hypochondria? Look, they fit all the criteria. That's why we tell y'all, can't diagnose, you know. <laughs> because you have to look at the surrounding context to the person too. Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Um, and so I think it's just really key to remember like this is not a normal time right now. And really right. kind of keeping that in mind. Right, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like we were saying, I feel like during this time with COVID, everyone has different situations, things they have to manage. And so that should be maybe a way to judge the criteria for your anxiety level and mm. what's appropriate. So there's some people who don't maybe have as much at stake in this situation if mm. they're really young and healthy, no pre-existing conditions, right? Somebody in that situation might think about 
COVID and how much precautions they should be taking a little bit differently than somebody who maybe has vulnerable people living within their home, people they have to care for or themselves, they have a pre-existing condition. And so your level of hypervigilance or anxiety or stress about it is going to be dependent upon your individual situation and who mm -hmm. the people you're connected to and in contact with how vulnerable they are, how vulnerable you are. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, your response, your stress response is going to be a lot different than depending on your situation. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because you, I'm sure you notice this too, even within yeah. families, people's opinions of how anxious or not anxious they should be, mm -hmm. putting quotes around should, mm -hmm. um, how is different. So some people will be like, you're too anxious about this. Mm. And some people will say like, you're not anxious enough about this. Right. You know, and I think again, like, we kind of have to suspend judgment yeah. of where people's anxiety levels are because mm -hmm. it's so particular to the individual, to the family unit like you're talking about. Right. And again, this is such an abnormal situation. Nobody in the world, unless you were alive during the Spanish flu, <laughs> has experienced this level. Exactly. Worldwide. Worldwide. Change, shutdown, complete changing of all our the ways that we do things right and so i don't think we uh, the more that we can suspend judgment and give grace to one another and right. that's where you are and i understand that's where you are and this is where i am and how can we understand one another across that distance i think the easier things be not easier but the more peaceful maybe things become it, you just have more understanding for where people are coming from right and hopefully some just way of saying here we are mm -hmm. we got to deal with it <laughs> let's move forward and I'm going to deal with it in the way that I feel comfortable with and mm -hmm. that makes me feel less anxious in a sense yeah I don't, you know certainly we don't want to be giving in to feeding our anxiety but yeah. um, doing what we can to you know, take those precautions that we need to feel comfortable and move forward. And if someone else feels comfortable in a different way, mm -hmm. trying our best to reserve judgment for our own sake yeah. and our own mental stability, because yeah. that's going to add back to the <laughs> to the anxiety illness disorder, yes, right? Exactly. Um, if we're constantly thinking about how people might not be taking precautions the way we would. Mm -hmm. I actually saw this this really interesting chart that's been super helpful. It was actually put out by like a medical body in Texas. I can't remember who exactly it was, but it was a risk level chart. So it was on a scale of one to 10, how much risk you're taking doing certain things. And so it was really cool. It actually um, color coded from like blues and greens all the way to red. So low risk was like staying at home, going to the mailbox, just really like quarantined type things. Yeah. And then low moderate risk was like, you know, going for a drive in your car or going for a walk in a park out where they're not around anybody. Like high, high risk was like flying on an airplane or going to a bar. Bar was like right. the top of the list. Oh, yeah. Um, and so it's, it's sectioned all these like activities into low risk, low moderate, 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 high, high risk. And so then you look at it and you just ask yourself, like, okay, where am I on this list? So it was so interesting. Andy and I were getting into some arguments about some things about, like, what we should or should not be doing. And we looked at the chart and I'm like, oh, this is why we're arguing more. It's because I want to be at the low moderate risk. And Andy was sitting, like, a little bit high up in the moderate risk, like, more yeah. towards the high moderate. And I'm like, yeah. this is why. Like, he doesn't feel like he feels like he's willing to take 
kind of more uh, moderate risk. risks. Right. And I want to, I've been wanting to hang out in the low risk range. Mm-hmm. And so there ends up being conflict between us because of that. Right. But then as soon as we externalized it from ourselves, like there's something wrong with Andy to, oh, you're just willing to take these kinds of risks and these are the ones I'm willing to take. Right. How can we make choices in the middle? Right. It made it a lot easier. And yeah. I think that's a big part of it too, is understanding it as risk taking rather than like, you should or should not be anxious. It's yeah, like, yeah. it's not about whether or not you should or should not be anxious. It's how much risk are you willing to take? And you right. can't force other people to be in the place that you are. Right. Absolutely. Just right. And I think in addition to that too, you think taking your own mental health into consideration, right? Mm-hmm. So some people might be more willing to take a higher risk for their own mental stability to just, mm-hmm. I just need to get out. I need to feel normal again. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, if I stay in this house one more day, you know, I'm going to go, <laughs> you know, go crazy or something like that. And so sometimes we all need a little bit of break, some type of refreshing moment, like almost mm-hmm. now it feels like a treat retreat or a vacation to go to the grocery store or something Uh, it's like it's like i'm sitting on a beach you like it's so special (laughs) um so in a way i feel like taking those risks are ways that people are trying to take care of their mental health Mm. because of the stress of everything so yeah it's hard you know you just never know that could have been the first time somebody was out in five months when you see them and, you know, might get frustrated. And mm-hmm. so, you know, again, they could have been being way more responsible than you might have been. <laughs> so true. They might not have made any grocery trips at all. Yes. And then you see them out and mm-hmm. make a judgment and they're planning on going right back home for another five more months. Yes. You know, how do we know to be concerned? Right. How do we know if it's abnormal given the situation? Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest area of concern that you want to pay attention to is if your anxiety or worry or physical symptoms cause a distress or impairment in your normal functioning. So whether that's socially, occupationally, or other types of areas, if you feel like you're not able to keep up with your daily tasks and responsibilities as well as you usually have been in the past, you know, given the situation of COVID within (laughs) that context, if you feel like some things are slipping, that could be a sign where maybe we're switching from the normal stress and anxiety uh, based around being anxious about, oh no, do I have it, do I not? Mm-hmm. We could be transitioning into maybe more of that hypochondriac zone if we're not functioning and it's really impacting our daily tasks. Yeah, because I think the thing is, is like anxiety is normal and anxiety is actually a helpful emotion. Mm-hmm. I think, and if we just try to toss the baby out with the bathwater, Mm -hmm. that's not helpful you don't want to pretend like you're not anxious it's not that anxiety is a bad thing it's actually that's what helps us to understand there's a risk and i need to take precautions that's what anxiety is there for right Right. so it's not that these feelings are bad it's that you have to pay attention are they impeding my functioning are they keeping me from being able to function and that's when you need to reassess what what's going on with this emotion right absolutely Mm -hmm. so if you're having anxious thoughts and worried about some symptoms, but you're still able to maintain your normal functioning and taking care of your normal duties and responsibilities, Mm -hmm. then that would just be, you're just stressed out because of COVID and Mm -hmm. nothing to be concerned about. But if you are anxious and worried, and you're also noticing that you're not able to keep up with your normal responsibilities as well, Mm -hmm. then that could be a sign that maybe there's some more support that you might need to pay attention to and get some help. Yeah, absolutely. And also knowing that this is like a situation that's going to keep changing as time goes on too. 
Yeah. So as being like, ready to be adaptable. Exactly. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I was joking with my husband that, um, you know, in March, like everybody was super concerned about COVID and everybody was quarantining like crazy. And they were like, no cases mm-hmm. and now we're all the way over here and more and more people are like i'm just going out and doing my thing right and there's like so many more cases we've been on a downward trend and so i think some people have right. been feeling less anxiety this isn't a like okay this is like this is my new normal right and that phrase new normal i know i know no <laughs> i don't temporary think for normal. a long time <laughs> there isn't a new normal because we have this is a new virus and it's a new situation and nobody's been in a pandemic right uh, in our lifetime you know So Mm -hmm. I think you just have to keep allowing it to be an organic situation and just paying attention to, is this impeding my functioning? And kind of, if you're worried about, do I have hypochondria? Pay attention to that. If you're still have friends and you're still working, you're still taking care of your family, chances are you don't have it. But if that's starting to get hindered in some way, your ability to do that, then yeah, but just give yourself some grace right <laughs> this time and if it is hindering you yeah and you know again no judgment that that's okay again mm-hmm. it, this is a really stressful time and so that's part of why we wanted to share this with you is so yeah. you have the information to be able to monitor and gauge what might be going on internally for you but again it's such a crazy time right now that we don't know how anyone could respond to this type of stress so it could happen to anyone yep All right. Well, I think that's all we had planned for you guys today. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah. And if you can share this podcast with a friend. So if you feel someone else is worried about this or you just think somebody else might find this interesting, send them an email, share it on social media. Yeah. And don't forget to email us at thosecatholicshrinks at gmail.com. Thosecatholicshrinks at gmail.com. So thanks so much, guys. We will talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.